There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. that it's a problem, that it's a challenge, is it now a disaster? I appreciate the opportunity. I do like your mask. Um, but I will say that um, FEMA is uh, there to help. Uh, the children describe sleeping on the floor, being hungry, not, being, not seeing the sun for days. How is that acceptable for the Biden administration to keep children in those sorts of conditions, given the fact that you said you, you were an administration that was going to be more humane than the previous one? Well, these, let me first say this is... Um, heartbreaking. Uh, it's a very emotional issue for a lot of people, um, and it's very difficult. But children being hungry, sleeping on the floor, not being allowed outside for days at a time, why is that acceptable to go on even for one more day? Why is that something that's not being outlawed right now? How is the administration not stopping that today? Well, Yamisha, it's not acceptable, but I think the challenge here is that there are only, there are not that many options. One of the challenges, though, Pamela, to be, to be clear here is Republicans are going around saying that Biden is opening the border. So what that does is that is then echoed south. Everyone uh, who wants to migrate uh, hears that, thinks, oh, Biden's opened the border, uh, and then they come. That dumb person is uh, Juliette Kayyem, and she was a she was a um, Obama know-it-all West Winger with, uh, you know, the, the Tommy, um, what's Tommy's name? from Peter? Oh. Yes, Tommy Vieta and all those guys. And now she is a shameless opportunist desperately trying to climb the professional media ladder and going on using her supposed expertise uh, in uh, fields of security and going on and saying that it is Republicans saying that Biden is is uh, pro-immigration and that it's by them saying that, them, the Republicans saying that is causing the waves of um, un, unaccompanied minors to come up here. The, the the kids in Central America are hearing Republicans, like Matt Gates, say that Biden is pro-amnesty. And so they say we must now flood the United States. 
That is dangerous and moronic. And we'll get back to her in just a moment. This is very Jen Psaki heavy. If I gush, you're my new girl crush. I'm reduced to mush each time you say you circle back. So that is um, Jen Psaki. And we'll, we're not going to make this wall-to-wall uh, illegal immigration. But that is the news today. There's a few other things as well. But pretty much all the sound we have has to do with... Pretty much has to do with the administration and their attempt to handle uh, this um, flood of immigration at the southern southern border. So something I didn't play yesterday was uh, Veronica Escobar, who's a congresswoman from Texas. And in in this interview she did with Jake Tapper, you hear a couple of things. One, you hear how unserious she is about the issue. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't care, really. Uh, and two, that everything is just simply used as a cudgel against Trump, which I, who I believe is no longer president. But um, Tapper does say something very important. He mentions the Mexican president is saying, of course they're coming up here because Biden's their guy. The president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, said that they, they see Biden as the migrant president, and so many feel they're going to reach the United States. Is there not a degree to which whatever messages have been sent from the Biden administration, it is encouraging what is happening and is encouraging these kids to come, creating this tragedy? You know, Jake, here's what that kind of focus does. It obscures the bigger picture. It's problematic focus on the part of Jake and the part of some Americans and the part of the Mexican president. Problematic focus. Focus elsewhere. Don't focus there. That's Mm -hmm. the problem here. That many of us, myself included, have been talking about for years. The flows, the the flow of humanity ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. There, as I mentioned, in April we began seeing, in April of 2020, under the harshest of conditions, a Trump administration and COVID, we still saw people arriving at our front door. I'm just quoting the president of Mexico. I, no, I got you. And I and but but even the president of Mexico, that comment obscures what we have to do, yeah. which is what I believe President Biden finally will achieve, which is address the root causes of migration. We're going to be having this conversation year in and year out yeah, absolutely. until we have leaders in this hemisphere who are willing to work together. I hope President Lopez Obrador works with uh, the presidents of the Northern Triangle, uh. President Biden. Uh, we need to get Canada involved. Yeah. This is a challenge that has that Thank we've so been much, seeing Congress. for several years. It's not going away Thank you until so, we fix it. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, well, there you go. So this is, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And this has started, this ebbs and flows for the years. So it started with Trump. Actually, I think it may have started before Trump. Right. Of course it, it did. And this ebbs and flows. But it's flowing more now than it has in mm-hmm. quite a while. And the president of Mexico says that's because of the Biden administration's messaging. Exactly. And we're supposed to trust him and over-enunciate his name because he's a person who's in the know here. And it it, it is not just that uh, this administration doesn't know what to do at this point because they don't know what to do. But they came in and because it's Jen Psaki and it's Ron Klain and then it's all these young guns and it's all these... Uh, political appointments uh, uh, made for, um, you know, made out of uh, 
out of uh, made from a standpoint of uh, their um, identity, identity politics appointments. Now you've got these clueless young guns in this administration, and they have no clue whatsoever. And that's fine because it's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. But they all came to the administration and say, "This is what we do: we dismantle every evil Trump thing. We ran on Biden being the anti-Trump. Now we'll we'll uh, preside." Over uh, with Biden being the anti-Trump, so undo all the Trump stuff mm-hmm. because those are those get bad Q ratings. So they undo all the Trump stuff, including some of the stuff that helped, like adjudicating this stuff. Well, these people were across on the other side of the border, not in the right. United States, and sending people directly back, saying, "No, it's INR. It's not going to work." No, because we had to be the anti-Trump instead of thinking about any of the specific specifics of the issue. Now we have a huge problem with the kids sleeping on the floor. So much so. That the American media, who had been the uh, Iron Dome defense system for Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. members of the American media now are actually questioning this president. This is not how they intended to to uh, spend the next four years. They intended to. No, spend his the next arms four- were hugging us. They could feel his love for everybody. You're exactly right. It so was let's, beautiful. Yes, and you know what happened. So let's go to Yumiche Alcindor, who mm-hmm. talked about the uh, Avengers <laughs> coming in. We're so happy. It's the Avengers coming in. Yumiche Alcindor finds herself now doing something that is called journalism. And so when she talked... Through no fault of her own. Right. She has no intention to go in here doing this. Right. But, uh, you know, she's on record. I don't know if she's written a book, but half of the people in the White House uh, press pool have written a book. She's on record having castigated and denounced the Trump administration mm-hmm. for the horrible, inhumane things happening at the border. Now they're happening with her guy. More. Right. And she can't stand by and not make note of it. First question is back on the border. There were lawyers who interviewed some children that were in facilities. The children described sleeping on the floor, being hungry, not being, not seeing the sun for days. How is that acceptable for the Biden administration to keep children in those sorts of conditions, given the fact that you said you, you were an administration that was going to be more humane than the previous one? Well, these, let me first say this is... Um, heartbreaking. Uh, It's a very emotional issue for a lot of people, um, and it's very difficult and challenging. And obviously, these CBP facilities are not made for kids. So one of the reasons, uh, or a driving reason, why uh, the president... Sarah Huckabee Sanders went out and teared up in front of the press as well Mm -hmm. when talking about the same issue, and she was eviscerated. Eviscerated. Remember uh, that Samantha Bee had a few words for Ivanka Trump using a particular nasty uh, slur that uh, women especially take umbrage to. Feckless something. And has pushed to take all of the actions that I outlined earlier when Phil asked the question is because we want to expedite getting these kids out of these CBP facilities as quickly as possible. And that's our goal and our objective and into shelters as quickly as possible, then into sponsored homes while their cases are being considered. By the way, that vibrating you're hearing, mm-hmm. Saki has her phone on the podium. So she's getting texts and alerts and it'll happen every Saki thing we play every question we play today you hear the podium vibrating it's not your phone you listening right now it's not our phones us here it is uh jen saki and adjudicated uh we are trying to work through what was a dismantled and unprepared system because of the the f the role of the last whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was mantled and prepared and working for the trump people 
mm-hmm. because their system required that these things be adjudicated outside of the United States. So you wouldn't have the kids here. You wouldn't have their uh, their custodians on this side of the border. You wouldn't have these people here. That's why it was dismantled because we didn't need it anymore because he came up with a solution. We worked with the Mexican president to make sure that these people right. stayed in Mexico. Well, we figured it out. Now, because you were so damn cocksure when you came into the White House, you said, no, undo all the Trump stuff. And then you'd say, oh, my God, there's now we've undone the Trump stuff. There's an absolute tsunami of humanity coming over the border. Where's all the where's all the, the buildings? Where's all the facilities for this stuff? Well, we don't have them anymore because we didn't need them. But you couldn't wait five minutes because you were in executive, executive order land. You were too excited about signing executive orders. So you did and you screwed everybody. Last administration. It's going to take Last some time, but we are very clear-eyed about what the problems are and very focused on uh, putting forward solutions. And I understand the idea of these facilities not being designed by children, but children being hungry, sleeping on the floor, not being allowed outside for days at a time. Why is that acceptable to go on even for one more day? Why is that something that's not being outlawed right now? How is the administration not stopping that today? That is a killer follow-up question, Yumiche Elsinder. I don't usually give a nod to Yumi J. Yes, Sally. But that is a killer follow-up question. Do I have anything to do after the uh, map? No, once you put the stories on the map, you're all set. Okay, thank you. Um, and and it, that, it, it makes it personal. It makes it human. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough thing to take if you're Jen Pasaki. Well, Yumisha, it's not acceptable, but I think the challenge here is that there are only there are not that many options. So the options are and we have a lot of critics, but many of them are not putting forward a lot of solutions. Ha! Hmm. You know, it's funny because I could have sworn that uh, the Trump administration had figured out an option which was to have people stay in Mexico if we can't take them in here if we literally don't have facilities to feed them and we're having children in cages which is what the obama administration had and trump found a solution and now we're back to square one because they didn't like trump's solution and they don't have any other one to offer so great the options here are send the kids back on the journey send them to unvetted homes or work to expedite moving them into shelters where they can get uh, health uh, treatment by medical doctors, by, uh, by educational resources, legal counseling, mental health counseling. That's exactly what we're focused on doing. And this is an across the administration effort that we are committed from the top to making changes on as quickly as possible. Maybe you have walls and immigration laws for a reason. And humanitarian crisis, crises are not a new thing. They are thousands of years old by now. There's no new huge war or famine or revolution happening, to my knowledge, right now in South or Central America. Like, nothing new happened that's some new big thing, right? No, I mean, there's... There, I mean, there's uh, the it's, same it's stuff tough there in always. Venezuela, and there's, yeah, and there's, there's some unrest, There's the same certainly. stuff there always has been going on, but it's not like... There's some huge civil war happening. This isn't like the Syrian refugee crisis where there is like an exogenous factor that's making this happen. This is stuff that's happening because of our domestic policies, this surge in migrants. This is a reaction to the fact that Biden is now president. And you can say, oh, it was the last few months of Trump's presidency, too. But it was the last few months of Trump's presidency because people knew Biden was about to be president then. You know, it's it's a post-election surge. This is 
what you get for our domestic policies. That's what's happening here. This and and so the Biden administration absolutely has to look at themselves and say, what can we do to stop this from continuing to grow? I mean, he's only been president a couple months and they have a humanitarian crisis on their hands at the U.S. border. This is, you know, they've picked up right where Obama left off in terms of the unaccompanied minors disaster. And I would say that that was a big factor in how you ended up getting Trump was Obama's border policy was so terrible. Obama-Biden's border policy. Right. So we're just going to continue the same policy now. I mean, I don't... Have they learned nothing from this? It's... Does it, all that matters is that Trump did it, so it was very bad. And he ran by being the opposite of Trump and it and being the anti-Trump. And so, and that's why I'm... But they're going to get Trump again. They're going to get right. another well, four yeah, years of Trump if they far away. continue to behave like that. But, but, and that's why you look at the other good things Trump has done. The Abraham Accords. Mm-hmm. Who knows what will happen at this point? Right. You know, there probably will be outreach to Iran if there already hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's some good stuff that Trump has done. Some of the stuff, like the vaccines, they just they're just co-opting the victory because that's uh, that'll <laughs> right. be a tough one to uh, eschew, even though they tried to a few months ago. Given how fast moving the situation has been, does the president believe that his administration has a handle on what's happening on the southern border right now? We certainly do, and let me just give you a bit of an update on a couple of the steps that. Um, we're taking, um, you know, first let me... We certainly do, and I'm going to read a very carefully crafted explainer as to how we do. It's so obvious that we do that it's, uh, that it's not, you know, it's not like it would be top of mind, but let me just, uh, read you this intricate and confusing defense of what's happening. say that, um, like COVID, obviously a different issue, but... Uh, we recognize this is a big problem. Uh, the last administration uh, left us a dismantled uh, and unworkable system. And like any other problem, uh, we are going to do everything we can to solve it. Uh, so our focus here is on solutions. Let me just walk you through a couple of the steps. And we- a dismantled system. Last administration. I believe Biden's the one stopping the wall being built. Right. We've done this. I mean, wouldn't one solution be to have an immigration system? whereby we process people who come into the country in an organized fashion and let most people in and tell some people not to come in if they are problematic people. I mean, doesn't that seem like the obvious choice here? Well, yes. And a border fence. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, just by definition, in order to have an organized immigration system whereby you choose who can and cannot come into the country, you have to be able to stop the people that you've chosen not to let into the country. There has to be some kind of system there in place. A little bit, but there's always, of course, developments on um, considerations that are underway. Um, so first, um, we've updated, uh, or we have not, but CDC has updated guidelines to return to full capacity. This will help expand capacity to move children more quickly out of CBP facilities. That's an important step. The implementation of that is... A- I understand still how it's safe to throw away the CDC yeah. guidelines for these kids. And- I mean, she was very clear with Peter Ducey a couple weeks yeah. ago that that was absolutely outrageous that he would say that suggest that they keep children in unsafe COVID conditions. So it's, I guess that's a really happy coincidence. So are we now putting their kids at risk or have our kids never been at risk and they're just putting them? I don't know. 
Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Does the CDC also recommend the no sunlight for two days? Of course, ongoing. Uh, we are uh, there. Is there is now an embedding at the president's ask of HHS and OR staff with CBP, uh, which will allow government to more quickly ID, vet, confirm sponsors and family members of the unaccompanied mm-hmm. minors, and will lead to quicker placement. Because, as you know, or as all as you know, big issues here are uh, expediting what's happening at the border. Every time Jen Psaki says, "As you know." Uh, red flag it. Mm-hmm. As you know, but I'm just going to clarify for the people that don't know. I love when she goes with that line, like to right. imply that they're somehow being cute. None of these border patrol facilities are made for children, and we want to move them as quickly as possible into shelters and then into homes. Uh, FEMA, this was a, uh, an announcement over the weekend, is now supporting, uh, providing support at the border, adding into shelters, not into homes. Extra capacity to HHS for quick processing to avoid overcrowding. Uh, this will hope. We hope this will help quickly get children into HHS and OR facilities and her. with vetted sponsors and families. The president's very focused on expediting what's happening at the border at every step in the process. And then this happened on Friday, but it didn't receive a lot of. There was a lot going on, so I just wanted to highlight. Um, we rescinded the 2018 MOU between DHS and HHS, which we believe will encourage families and sponsors to come forward uh, without fear of additional immigration enforcement. And we've seen this as an issue where uh, family members or even sponsor families are worried that this will mean they will be tracked and this uh, over, uh, rescinds that. Um, that We're also looking so for So we're having them stay with other illegal immigrants? A focus. Well, right. And we're also, adver- we're also advertising to potential illegals, hey, more and more restrictions have been stripped away. Come on in. Right. But that's like kind of shocking to me that we're just like oh well as a part of our vetting we're not gonna you know like make sure that the people that are we're gonna give the kids to to take care of them that they're here legally we're that's not one of the things that we check wouldn't that be a good thing to check because in order to function in the united states as an illegal immigrant you have to continue to continually commit a bunch more crimes you have to be committing identity theft you have to have a fake driver's license in many states i mean this you're putting kids in homes where people must by definition be continuously engaging in criminal activity just to get through their day since they can't have since parents in the united states are not collecting their kids illegal parents in the united states well then you should remove border patrol from the border and remove uh the the immigration all the immigration ice uh, from the border so that nobody's intimidated so the parents can meet with their kids yeah i mean why have holding facilities at all just i mean forget it we could save a lot of money in our government if we just got rid of uh, CBB just, and just, ICE and everybody all together and just let them come in if that's what the rules are anyway why are they holding them in the facility if they're just going to let them walk off with any illegal immigrant off the street I don't get it it is it's so interesting they feel so virtuous with their emotional based uh, policy and it's so harmful to people in every category of course, all... they created this entire problem start to finish. You know, uh, Tesla was an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Remember Obama said that? That's when it, when they start, when he stopped saying illegal immigration and he gave a big immigration speech and he said, it, it, he gave a big speech about illegal immigration. Remember, Nikola Tesla was an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we're not talking about Nikola Tesla. You know, we're talking about 
We're talking about illegal immigrants who are showing who are, up with no parents. Right. I mean, and who aren't calling their parents. We're, we're having them call their parents. They're not calling their parents. Mm-hmm. It's a total cluster bleep. You've put the Hoover at the border to bring in the cluster bleep, and you've got it now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Like I said. Congress could solve this problem. No, they're working on, um, what are they working on next? It's a tax, tax hike, hike and infrastructure bill is coming mm-hmm. soon, which will be, which will use reconciliation to pass. Immigration, does FEMA's arrival at the border mean that the administration feels what is happening down at the border is a disaster? I know that we always get into the fun of labels around here, but I would say our focus is on solutions, and this is one of the steps that the president felt would help uh, uh, not become a final solution, but help expedite processing. <laughs> yeah, I don't what? know, but that might be a label I'd step away <laughs> Especially from. Especially when you're running what the Democrats were calling for four years concentration camps. Maybe right. stay away from the phrase final solution, Jen. Help Jeez. ensure that uh, people who are coming across the border are have access to health and medical care. Clearly, the numbers are enormous. This is a big challenge, uh, and it certainly is a reflection of using every lever of the federal government to help address that. With FEMA, though, specifically, their mission is helping people before, during, and after disasters. We've heard you say that it's a problem, that it's a challenge. Is it now a disaster? I appreciate the opportunity. I do like your mask. Um, but I will say that um, FEMA is uh, there to help uh, ensure that the people who are at the border, who are coming across the border, uh, have access to uh, can to HHS and ORR shelters, that we can swiftly place them with vetted families. They're, they're playing a number of roles uh, there uh, to address what we feel is a significant problem and a significant challenge. And I think we haven't, uh, we haven't uh, stepped, been high. The fact that you have to undergird the uh, workforce that you have there already mm-hmm. with FEMA, which is designed for large-scale disasters, right, tells you that, yeah, they've got a problem at the border. I mean, this just, did they not think that this could happen i mean what was any democrat thinking that their immigration policy was going to be just like not be mean well you got Is a lot of true believers policy? you got a lot of true believers who were all for this or all for simply open borders and amnesty well right but like even was warren or somebody like that who was like abolish ice right full-on remember alice two years ago mm-hmm. you had the pictures of the 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 migrant families trying to cross the border and like a smoke bomb here or there that was craftily uh, you know, uh, cropped it in pictures so it looked like border forces were attacking. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, so that's what they don't want. That's Trump. You can't have that. That's the Trump time. Right. This is Biden. This is all the nice things are happening. He's empathetic. You know, he cares for people, and he's very emotional. He's a nice person. Trump is a bad person. So they can't do any kind of pushback. But just you can't don't do be anything. mean. Isn't an immigration policy. Well, it is. <laughs> well, it doesn't work. I mean, I just, what did they think was going to happen It here? is. They're so nice that they're going to let everything just happen. It won't be addressed whatsoever because that would make them like like uh, Stephen Miller and Donald Trump, the evils. So now they're going to allow them to come in and sleep in the little huts and not go out for a couple of days and not see anybody and have no resources and, and be abused, essentially, is what's happening. And because they're really good people, because they're not like Trump. Who prevented this? Writing about that. And then just a quick final one. Uh, DHS said that the FEMA plan for 90 days would be to receive shelter and transfer unaccompanied children 
does that mean that the federal government now is moving beyond the message from the last couple of weeks, which was now is not the time to come? No, we are cons we are we are we are doing both, um, and uh, it's a complicated problem, no doubt about it. We are sending the message clearly in the region. Now is not the time to come. But all what message does that send you? Mm -hmm. You absolutely can come. Absolutely, please come. Please come. If you wait, come, wait, just, stop, just stop right now. Not right now, no. but please, you. Uh, we want you to come. That's not. Well, don't get them come. Well, no, you, there's, a, there's a legal uh, path to citizenship. Do that. Sign up from your home country. If you need asylum, find a country between uh, you know, Venezuela and the United States and pick one and go there. You know, and, and, I mean, mm -hmm. Well, and the message is, especially right at the beginning when people first said, like, how is this not kids in cages? And they said, no, no, these are really nice facilities. Everybody's getting health care. There's teachers. They're coloring artwork. It's so fabulous there. They have gorgeous furniture. It's all beautiful. Nothing like what Trump did at all. So then isn't the message like, don't come, but if you do, we're going to put you up in this really nice place and you'll get free health care and we'll vet a family and make sure that you get hooked up with the right people and everything will be fine. So like, don't come, but if you do, then we're going to treat you to point. the Ritz-Carlton experience. So then, yes, the, then the message is not don't come. The message is absolutely come. Yes. <laughs> Why You're getting you? upgraded to first class now. Yes, no, that absolutely is. That's a great point. It's it, yes, you're getting the accommodations are getting nicer and nicer. Soon you're gonna have a pool there, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know, in the border, we're not gonna ask tough questions anymore. I mean, we know some people are afraid of getting apprehended, so we won't ask any more questions. I mean, it's such an invitation. It's crazy. I mean, when you've got the Mexican president saying, "I don't know, guys, maybe, <laughs> maybe I do something about this." Ridiculous. Also, we want to ensure that people are treated with humanity uh, who are children, who are unaccompanied children. Uh, that's who we are as a country. And so we are doing both. How good is that? That's not who we are. Well, this is who we are now. We're the have kids in containers with no <laughs> sunlight country now. With no plan whatsoever. Well, but it's the same like what's, what happened with the Syrian refugees. Everyone was like, oh, we have to take care of the Syrian refugees. This is a shame. This is like us not doing anything about the Holocaust. It's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like when we turned away the ship in the Holocaust. Like the best solution for the Syrian refugees would be if the Obama foreign policy hadn't created a bunch of Syrian refugees with his stupid foreign policy that destroyed Syria and ripped it to shreds and empowered ISIS for years. That would have been a much better situation for the Syrian refugees in general. You know, it it's total nonsense when our policies here in the United States destroy people's lives abroad or encourage people to send unaccompanied kids here. You know, we create the problem and then we throw up our hands and we're like, we ha we can't, this is just how it is. It's just a problem. The Syrian refugee, oh, there's just a, a, just a crisis of unaccompanied children just showing up here. We can't do anything about that. It's just totally beyond our control. Like, no, you caused this people listen throughout the world to what is going on in the in united mm -hmm. states domestic policy yeah and it's the same with it's the same with the you know communities as well when we we've held the police back now and we're we talked about it a couple of days ago you've got the george floyd autonomous zone you know where young black men can go and die, get killed now it, where emts can't go in there where they have to hope that their friends can carry them out before they bleed to death 
And we've done this because, no, we needed a reckoning this year. This is the year for the reckoning. So mm-hmm. get the cops out of there. Have little autonomous zones, you see? It was this- the summer of love in That's Seattle right. until, until the warlords were letting people get killed left and right. And the businesses put up enough of a fuss that the summer of love had to come to an end. So the reason you know that, uh, that this is really a problematic time for the administration is that Ron Klain himself, who's the chief of staff, for Joe Biden, you should get to know Ron Klain because he, along with Joe Manchin, are the two more most powerful people in Washington, D.C. Well, first of all, we aren't separating children from their families. These are children who are arriving. They come pre-separated by the tens of thousands. Doesn't really matter, Ron, okay? Yeah, we have, on a technicality, we're a little less mean than Trump. Sure, it's on a much grander level now, and once the pre-separated kids do arrive in the containers, life is pretty sucky for them, sure. But technically, we're not separating. They separated, somebody separated them previously. Uh, alone. And the other thing is we're trying to meet this situation with urgency and humanity. We're working hard with the Department of Health and Human Services to get more housing for these children when they arrive, to make sure they're treated in a humane way, and to make sure they are ultimately connected. I like that. We're working hard. Oh, well, good for you. Glad to see you're working hard. Effort counts just as much as results, I guess. That's fine. Mm-hmm. He, how come there's uh, 11 five-year-olds sleeping in the concrete? We're working hard. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I'll check back next week. With their family members in the United States or with other sponsors. Uh, you know, we were left with inadequate resources down there, with a system that had been shrunk Once again. Uh, due to COVID. And now we're trying to stand up the resources we need to make sure that these children are treated in a humane and appropriate way. Right. And yeah. All you have to know is that this moron was standing in the White House lawn alone wearing a mask. That's symbolism. <laughs> and the I'm same sure he's symbolism. been vaccinated, too. Right. I'm but sure that's everybody the, in that's the, the priorities. Guys, masks. Okay, guys. What about the kids sleeping on the ground? We're working hard. Put your mask on. Okay. Well, that's, your, that's what you got. Right. Yeah. You had inadequate resources because this problem didn't exist until you caused it. That's why you didn't have the resources to deal with the problem. <sighs> All right. Moving along, Alice. We'll watch that. Uh, so, oh, no, no. We got to get to Julie, Julie Kayan. And this is a disgraceful, really. If you, it, It's too bad that CNN doesn't have any staff uh, there who give a damn. But they should have shot back at this immediately. One of the challenges, though, Pamela, to be to be clear here is Republicans are going around saying that Biden is opening the border. So what that does is that is then echoed south. Everyone uh, who wants to migrate uh, hears that, thinks, oh, Biden. Everyone who wants to migrate hears that. Mm-hmm. They hear uh, Matt Gates and Josh Hawley and they say, you know what? These, the everybody down in six year olds in El Salvador, uh, you know, are watching Newsmax, and they're saying, you know what? They're saying Biden is a pro immigrant president. Let's go. This is so disingenuous. Yeah, they're and not listening such- to Andina Menzel and like major pop culture figures all going, oh, now Trump's gone. Now there's no more kids in cages. Now we're going to be nice to all the immigrants. They weren't listening to that. That's for sure. Yeah, they're listening to Matt Gates. That's right. Yes. That's They're listening to Ted Cruz. That's the primary <laughs> people that people hear from overseas when they're thinking of America. They've and what heard America's all the lefty doing. slogans now. For years. And you promised them a promised land when you ran Joe mm-hmm. Biden. And for her to say this is obviously she she should be disqualified from having us. And this is so such a um, it, it's such a false creation. She's just manufacturing this line of horse bleep, which would be OK to have a take 
on a show, mm-hmm. but this is a humanitarian crisis, and she's so far off. The take is so wacky and so self-serving, just so that people think that she seems interesting and she is she's redirecting. I don't know if she's trying to get a job with the Biden administration, probably. Mm-hmm. But this is this is just gross. You're a gross person if you say this right now. You're a gross right. person. Even though you think you're a good person, you're a gross disgrace. They open the border uh, and then they come. So part of it is the politics here is causing the migrant flow. By- that is all horse shit. There is nothing about that that is true. That is completely bull. Somebody from CNN should call her out on that and say, we can't have you say stuff like that because that doesn't make any sense. It also completely torpedoes the conversation because now you're put, telling us that we're on click tour three and actually and there's no gravity and there's a blue hurricane approaching. We can't work with these factors in the conversation anymore because they're all crazy. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, and that's why they're coming. Who the hell are you to? Spin that horse bleep. Well, so she made one point that I thought was interesting, which is that she kind of said, like, out of the Democratic field, Biden was, like, the least pro super open borders out of, like, the super progressive people that were there. Like, Liz Warren's all abolish ICE, right? Well, Biden didn't answer in Spanish like everybody else. (laughs) Well, right. So she's like, well, he was, like, the least open borders guy of the Democrats, right? So... I think that's kind of an interesting point, but I think it goes back to what I kind of said a few minutes ago, which is that you can't say don't come, but if you do, you know, you get X, Y, and Z and we'll take care of you and it will be fine because that message, even though you said don't come at the beginning, is to come to the United States. You can't say, well, I'm not for open borders, but we're not going to enforce any immigration and we're not going to build a wall and we're not going to do anything to prevent you from coming into the country if you show up with kids and we're going to house everybody and make sure everybody gets great health care and the kids go to school and everything. You know, that is an open borders policy. If you say we're going to make sure that the dreamers all get amnesty, if you say that we're not going to do any border enforcement, if you say that when people come forward, we're not going to check and see if they're here illegally or not, it's, it is open borders. Even if you're saying out loud that the border isn't open, <laughs> your policy is, in effect, an open borders policy. The Democratic Convention routinely features illegal immigrants. <laughs> It said the exact opposite. In fact, if people would remember during the primary, uh, President Biden was almost alone in going against uh, the, the, his primary challengers and saying, I don't want to decriminalize the border. I recognize that we need a strong border. So you're getting this echo chamber from the politics here. And you mentioned that a bunch of Republicans are going down to the border saying, uh, you know, wanting to use uh, this tragedy for political purposes. And- Huh, well, that's never been done before. No, nobody's ever gone to a border facility and pretended that they were at a concentration camp for political purposes before. That's never happened, I don't think. And saying the border's open. So we have to be forceful that the border is closed uh, and forceful that COVID has limited a lot of the capacity at the border uh, and then work with other governments to uh, try to stem the flow. It's a... Yeah, uh, not working. I want you to catch this last part, Alice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm listening. Okay, listen. It's a tragedy with no single solution, but I do believe uh, that uh, that where the heart is matters in this, and I think that the two administrations couldn't be more different in that regard. (laughs) I know the floor is cold, and you can't remember what the sun looks like, uh, but 
Our heart is in the right place. <laughs> okay, just a few more days of this, and we'll see what happens. Is this not the most insane? It, but they weird... believe that it matters where the heart is re-education stuff it's like from a communist yes. country with a cult of personality like chairman kim really loves you deep down as mm -hmm. you're slaving away in the camp he does all this for you you know it's, can you imagine it's so weird. what a what a toxic person what a toxic <laughs> ideology oh goodness goodness joe biden did um speak momentarily today uh, after his uh, address, another COVID address, I assume that uh, that um, Flag Day has been canceled or something. Or if, or if we work hard and wear our masks, then we'll be able to uh, celebrate Labor Day. I'm not sure. Did President Trump help to, uh, promote the vaccine among skeptics, sir? Especially the Republicans who say that... I'm hearing a lot of reports from serious reporters like you saying that. I discussed it with my team. And they say the thing has more impact than anything Trump would say to the MAGA folks is what the local doctor, what the local. So he's conflating two different things. Mm -hmm. The reporter asked him about the MAGA folks who don't like the vaccine. Biden is answering about marginalized communities. Right. Preachers, what the local people in the community say. So I urge... I urge all local docs and, and ministers and priests to, to talk about why, why it's important to get, it, to get that vaccine. And even after that, until everyone is, in fact, vaccinated, to wear this mask. Thank you very much. You hear the press agents shutting it the hell down. That'll be the last, first and last question we'll be taking today consider that your press uh avail your press conference so um so that is that this this whole thing with the with the vaccines they you know he could call trump right now and say hey do us a favor mm -hmm. i think it'll save lives call the magas of course biden's not going to do that they don't want trump's name anywhere involved in this vaccine process right this is an organic grassroots biden uh initiative he created the vaccine. He did Operation uh, Build Back Better that made the vaccine. He was, even though they dismantled all of the infrastructure needed for the vaccine, when he got there, Biden remantled it. Uh, and that's what this is. They don't want Trump getting any credit for anything at all. At all. And uh, it's um, it's just they. That's another thing that they did. They, once again, because we're good... We're going to distribute the vaccine in a really social justice, good, uh, equitable way that makes us feel good. Meanwhile, you're creating log jams now in the distribution of the vaccines because you want to feel good about it because you're real good people. There's a way to do it with having a heart. So we're going to do it and have a heart. Meanwhile, many more of you will be infected and die because you can't get the vaccine because we're, we're prioritizing other people because the Minnesota police were a-holes this uh, last year and we took advantage for politics. That's it. It's our last light beer, Alice. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Well, Trump is no longer there. Uh, so the Biden administration and, you know, Brian Stelter and everybody else has had to try and find a new boogeyman. And they seem to have settled on Tucker Carlson. And 
you know, this this kind of happened earlier last week, so we didn't really weigh in on it because we kind of like didn't have a show the day that it happened, and then we just never really got to it again. But the whole like Tucker Carlson military thing has gotten way out of control, and it continues to blow up. People from the military, people from the Department of Defense, people high up in the command structure continue to weigh in on the opinion of a cable news host about women in the armed forces. And this is something that I just, I wanted to circle back, as Jen Psaki says, to this because it is so insane that the military has all, they've gone full throttle completely 100% on board attacking Tucker Carlson. And, you know, they're going to say, like, oh, they're not attacking him. They're just commenting on, they're defending female soldiers. This is not the job of our military. No, it's to comment it was- on the politics that surround the military. And I get it that they're trying to show that they support women soldiers. But this is, we we run our military um you know, by civilian command. Like we, this is why generally we try not to put uh, generals at the Department of Defense because we're supposed to have a military that answers to the civilian population. We're allowed to criticize the military in this country. We're not, not even necessarily, you know, because we don't like the military, but we're allowed to discuss as a population the policies of the military. We're allowed to talk about whether or not we have trans people in the military. We're allowed to talk Mm -hmm. about whether or not, you know, pregnant people should be flying jet planes, you know, and... Which is what Tucker did, and he's saying that the world's gone crazy, essentially, was the whole thing. And they say a notice attack on women because they're just trying to cancel him. And Mm -hmm. like you said, to have people, high-ranking people in the military, tweet, throw shade, is damn weird. I've never seen that before in my life, ever. It's bizarre. It it makes you wonder if this is the evolution of the COVID lockdowns that we're all going crazy here or just the fact that every institution is now crumbling. I mean, I honestly, I almost find it more sinister than that, especially with all the National Guard stuff that went on in the Capitol post the insurrection, quote unquote, that happened. Um, You know, with having the National Guard there with no clear mission, I mean, it's still going on. They're still there. I don't understand why they're still there because the threat is over. As far as I can tell, there's not a bunch of Trump supporters gathered there. And it's not clear what their mission is, what they're doing. Um, It was reported that they were purging pro-Trump people from those National Guard troops during the days following the Capitol riots. And... And the fact that now there's this full-on push for wokeness in the military, diversity is strength, we absolutely condemn Tucker Carlson's comments, this, it's very, very odd to me. And I just, I mean, I know that this is like so trite and like I hate that we continue to play this game, but can you imagine, can you imagine if Trump's Department of Defense, if he had had like Mattis or whoever go out there and criticize Rachel Maddow's take on the military, if he had had his Department of Defense go out and say, like, defend his, whatever, his policy on transgender people in the armed forces or whatever, if he had had generals throwing shade at talk show hosts, cable news hosts, for their opinions about how the military should be run, I mean, that would be shocking. Shocking. I mean, it's 
And it's incredible to me. First of all, I don't think it does a really great service to the women in the military that they need, their honor needs to be defended in this way. I mean, the left has been perfectly happy to diss the military. Of course. Um, for decades now. Decades. And, uh, yes. and the idea that, imagine in Vietnam if, like, if, don't touch if that. Nixon don't touch that. had been having... Don't touch that court had been having generals personally attack Walter Cronkite or whoever for criticizing the military. Thank you. Don't touch the cord. Can you not touch that, please? Oh, Um, there goes the cord. Okay. Thank you. You're not a jerk at all. That's fine. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. That was very helpful. Yeah, so, uh, you know what? While this is happening right now, Alice doles out um, punishment. We lost the camera. Okay, so... Uh, he's got the camera now. Can you no. stop pulling that, please? Please? No. Please? Alice, can you handle the situation? Thank you very much. Uh, so if you didn't miss it, and we'll get back to this. The military thing is very disturbing. But um, if you missed it, uh, I, I, there's only one thing I saw about last night about the uh, Grammy Awards. was somebody named uh, Dua Lipa, which is a very apt name considering she's as talented as two people. Dua is two, I believe, Alice. In that language. So what she's done, uh, she wore uh, a, a, a an outfit that I don't know was uh, adequately, um, was adequate in size. But anyway, she sung this song. Excellent job queuing it up, Tom. So my question to you is this. You hear this like boom, 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 boom. This is absolutely disco. You know, with the classical instruments around it too. So, you know, electro synthy, whatever. So here's my uh, question. Do we want a return of disco? Do we want that? Is that a good thing? I was uh, appalled by, well, like I was only a kid when disco was, was around, but uh, generally, once I learned a little bit about actual rock and roll and real good music, I was appalled that disco had ever happened. It seemed like a really grimy, smarm kind of uh, feeling music, and it was uh, it was just off-putting. Uh, if you're wondering what happened to Alice, Alice had to leave right now because our uh, two-and-a-half-year-old, who is um, not a model citizen, climbed up the couch behind Alice and tried to rip the camera down. And did either broke or um, disabled the camera. But on we go. So another huge story that happened today was the Washington Post had to write a big retraction. And we report, we talked about this when it happened. We had this conversation when it happened. So you've heard this already. You probably noticed this stuff yourself as well. Washington Post admitted in a correction that it had misquoted, in quotes, former President Donald Trump telling Georgia's top election investigator to, quote, find the fraud in December. The correction ran atop an online version of the updated original story that had quoted an anonymous source about a phone call Trump made to Georgia's top election officials. Correction. This is what it says. Correction. Two months after the publication of this story, the Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump's December phone call with the state's top elections investigator. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted uh, Trump's comments on the call 
based on information provided by a source, the correction published Thursday began. Uh, Trump did not tell investigators to, quote, find the fraud or say uh, she would be a national hero if she did so. Instead, Trump urged the investigators to scrutinize uh, ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, asserting that she would find dishonesty there. He also told her that uh, she had the most important job in the country right now. The headline, this is, I'm reading this from the New York Post, but it's about the Washington Post. The headline and text of the story has been corrected, have been corrected to remove quotes misattributed to Trump. Newspaper appended a shorter version of the correction to the top of a story published online Friday. But anyway, the damage has been done. They went with the scurrilous lie, and there was way too much of this stuff happening. And this is the kind of thing that um, this is the kind of thing that raises that somebody on Twitter was very smart that said democracy dies with misquotes, and there's something to that. This is a dangerous kind of uh, thing to do, and this creates. Fiction and fiction, friction in the country, and creates divisiveness, and it sucks. And these people need to be taken to task. We need to take these medium folks to task, and you need to be watching people. And they are getting desperate. These these attacks on Tucker Carlson. This is out of desperation. They hate him. They hate that his ratings are good. They hate his, that his, that his messaging is effective. They try to emulate him. They cannot. He is. Uh, he writes himself, and his writing team is second to none. I know Rachel Maddow tries to make you feel smart because she starts. Uh, you know, uh, she starts every story with a at a in a hut in the Comoro Islands, and then brings it all the way back to how some Republican senator is corrupt. Um, but Tucker Carlson's show, and I like it. I like it. I used to probably the first few months. I really l- kind of loved it because he was catching all these woke. In progressives off guard and blowing them up. Who's the guy, mm-hmm. Alice? Welcome back. Who's the Hi. guy? Is uh, it- Kurt Eichenwald. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just classic. That was beautiful with his binder, right. Tucker's Lies. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was just too funny. It was funny. But now that he's driving them crazy, John, um, th- John Oliver, who's not good, actually. I watched him for the first time. I've only seen snippets, 30 minutes of a a takedown of Tucker Carlson. He's not good. He made no cogent arguments. He uh, had to. Like much like the talentless John Stewart had to uh, resort and retreat to funny laugh lines and uh, you, you know vicious throwdown uh, language. Well, that's what he's from originally, right? Isn't yes, he is. They're okay. all yeah. So so it just wasn't good. I know what he's trying to do, but he wasn't doing it well. But watch this attack on Tucker, and just pay attention to what they're pointing out, and don't. Don't accept any premise that these people say. You've heard how dishonest they are. We've all dealt with how uh, uh, we've all seen it. You've uh, anybody listening right now saw just how crazy and how um, sort of don't have any any freaking word that I need today. <laughs> Not one word that I have needed has come to my mind I and out of my mouth. You've been pretty good today. No, I, I know I, I don't have a vocabulary today. <laughs> I think the message is getting across because. Everybody who's listening can understand a stupid person just as well as they can understand an articulate person. But I'm unable to uh, <clears throat> to come up with any word that I need right I'm now. Sorry. But watch this this media. <clears throat> the switch by Stelter, the switch by CNN. I'm seeing it in all the networks, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. are taking a different tack. They're trying to shut Tucker up. He's saying forbidden things. Um, and he's right now... 
he's a man alone out there who has influence and power and speaks quite like the way he does. There are some podcasters, of course, who do this, and some of them are, some of them find themselves in this uh, unlikely alliance because they're being pursued, like Jesse Single, actually, who we're trying to get on. Mm -hmm. And so, for the mere, the battle lines are drawn really at this point at free speech. Uh, and just at, at at accepted speech. It's not all free speech. You know, a private company mm-hmm. can fire you for whatever it wants. But stay aware. Watch this stuff. This is what's on the radar right now. This Jesse Single guy who's part of the Blockton Reported podcast is great. That podcast is great. The first time I heard it, I didn't think so. But it's Jesse Single and Katie Herzog. And they're very good. They're big liberals. But since they've both been pursued by the mob... They tend to talk a lot about the mob's latest actions in various newsrooms and online and this and that. And it's very uh, interesting to listen to. The and- Jesse single thing has gotten incredibly ridiculous. I'll fill you in on that after you do your thing with John Oliver here. Because that's out of control. He's another one like Tucker that they just hate. Go right ahead. He, I'm, I'm done with John Oliver. That he exists. They hate that he's out there. So... He now, he's doing the Blocked and Reported podcast, which has seen some success. He has some books out. But he used to write for mainstream publications. You know, he used to write like for The Atlantic and for these, you know, big name journals. And he's really not getting many of those anymore because um, he's written about trans people in a way that some very activisty trans people don't like. You know, he's pointed out that there's been a huge uptick for example, in young women deciding to transition and then desisting in gender dysphoria later on and it turning out that maybe what they needed was not medical transition. So, you know, he's written about that phenomenon, which they really don't like. They don't like anybody pointing out that. But he's very thorough. He's very good with his sources. So now their thing is that he's transphobic and that he makes trans women um, that is, you know, assigned male at birth um, trans people who are now living life as women, that he makes them feel uncomfortable and when he uses them as sources and they all have stories about them. This is widely known that he's super creepy around trans women. And so uh, it j- is just proof that he actually secretly wants to sleep with trans women. And that's why he writes so many critical things about trans people. So they have like a whole psychological profile filled out about him. A bunch of big trans activists have done huge threads on it in the last few days. And what they want now is they want Substack to remove his Substack blog from the platform. Now, Substack has paid some people to come on as creators, like essentially fronted them in advance to come mm-hmm. onto the platform. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesse Single isn't one of those. He has purely an organic Substack that, you know, Substack gets a cut of his money and he gets the rest of the money. So he does this. This is something that he's using to support himself now. And they want Substack to take him off the platform. So they've been lobbying at Substack to get him kicked off. And... um they're, these are their big charges that they're throwing at him. That he's, they said he stalks trans women and he's a big transphobe. So, and they say, "quote I have receipts. We have receipts." And he's saying, "Good, make it public right yeah. now." Yeah, and they're like, "No, I'm not going to do that." That's so. Brianna Wu, who is the person who is the big Gamergate woman, who, I mean, I. I don't exactly know how to. She's explain. a weird person from South Boston, Massachusetts. She's a weird she's person a troublemaker. from Boston. She wanted to 
get famous. She was a, a female game developer. There were rumors during the Gamergate thing that she's trans. I don't officially know if she is or not. I, I have no clue. But anyway, she's very involved in trans issues in any case. And she says she's one of the people that Jesse made Jesse Single made feel really uncomfortable. She says she has receipts. She ran for Congress against Stephen Lynch. I guess that's her claim to fame. Now she's the queen of a super PAC, I guess. I don't know what she is. But so... Jesse Single made her feel super uncomfortable. He was super creepy to her and she has receipts. And he said, good, show the receipts. And she said, well, if a, if a reputable journal wants to reach out to me and do an official story about it, I'll show them. But I'm not going to do this on Twitter. This isn't the proper forum for this right. sort of thing. Okay, so for the moment, nobody has any receipts for what Jesse Single did to them, except that he reported on stuff that they don't like and they don't like him. So that's that's all the receipts that we've seen so far. But, you know, I have an open mind. Great. Bring it forward if they have something. And they but they've been essentially shrieking about him for like and three that's days where we are now. now. We've now gone past. It's not just that you can say something that is triggering. It's not just that there's implicit bias or violence and racism or sexism mm-hmm. or genderism or. Whatever the the thousand different offenses you can commit without actually doing anything to these protected classes, now people simply fabricate. This is the first word that I was looking for that came to me. Fabricate. I was looking for it twice fabricate. earlier in the hour, too. Mm-hmm. Now I've got it. They simply fabricate this stuff. And it, so that's where we are. It's so lazy and insane. We are in an insane world right now. Do not get sucked in. Do not join these idiots. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I had a piece, a small piece of good news. Small piece of good news. What was that good news? I don't know what's the it good news. It wasn't even news. It was just a... Um, let me know what you think about Dua Lips and her music. I'd like to know if you think it's good. I was surprised it didn't mm-hmm. suck more. I do think that um, that perhaps we were, uh, we were uh, given uh, uh, entree voyeuristically to part of her anatomy that perhaps um, could have been prevented. And um, Alice? Um, yeah, I'm not going to... You show me the pictures of that. Right. I did not okay. watch the Grammys. And I I wouldn't let my kids watch any award shows. Well, I definitely think that, that I'm going to let the kids watch the Cardi B performance tonight <laughs> where she's grinding with uh, Monique the uh, st- Stallion Megan or the something. Megan the Stallion, yeah. Yeah, that's really, I'm telling you, man, this is uh, this is some crop of uh, young celebrities there. Congratulations. A, they're looking uh, great. So somebody is saying that it's going to be Generation X that's going to save us from the wokesters on Twitter. It's actually trending. And I actually think there's something to that because Generation X is in a good position to do it because mm-hmm. um, they were happy to be behind some very offensive people in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, when, Did you see what happened with Bill Burr? Yeah, he said something. He said, why do you have a white cis guy with a Latino? Everybody's mad. And so, he- Well, no, I didn't even know what he said, but I know that people are yelling at him on Twitter. And then like somebody, I forgot who it was, somebody posted like... Oh yeah, you guys are saying Bill Burr is a big racist in like a picture of him with his wife Nia, who's a black woman, incidentally. And this guy posted on it, and he said um, that essentially, like, just because you have a, a woman of color as a wife, it doesn't mean that you're not racist because lots of slave owners have right. a slave woman to do sexual favors to them. And she retweeted it and no. said. F you, 
you be. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, she did. Oh, I got to see that. That is great. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm saying, I don't know you. I don't know if he's racist. That is but I'm great. Just saying it was incredible. Yeah, she retweeted it and yelled at him. That is fantastic. So she sometimes goes on his podcast, too. Oh, I got to check it out. Bill that Burr's is fantastic. So, uh, so we're not the only husband-wife team in podcasting. Bill Burr thinks he can compete with us. But the anyway. Boston guy. You can uh, check out our Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can also send an email over to us. That's Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iHeart, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music. You can find us everywhere. YouTube, the YouTube channels, Tom Shaddix, Burn Barrel. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.